Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who is passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots, in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, today's study continues the topic of unity as we make our journey through the book of Ephesians. Today, we're in chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Let's dig in. Prayer is something that, for me, has always been difficult at best. I know as a pastor, perhaps I should be saying that prayer has always come easy to me and I should be the person who's always giving advice about prayer. But I have to admit that whenever we come to conversations and portions of the Bible that deal with prayer, I feel like I am the first person in line who is on the learning curve. The more I learn about God, the more I understand about prayer, the more I feel like I don't understand about prayer. I don't know if that's you. If that is not you, well, then perhaps you should be teaching this lesson. For the rest of us, though, I think that we will find a common ground in what Paul says today in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, as well as common ground in perhaps what we should do in order to make our prayer life just a little bit better. Now, Paul began this entire book to the church at Ephesus by telling them that he was praying for them. But now, at the end of his letter, he's going to turn the tables, and he is now going to request prayer from them on his behalf. And so I want to back up actually one verse earlier to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. We covered this a little bit yesterday, but we kind of raced through it. And this is the beginning of Paul's conversation about prayer. So let's start in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, where Paul says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Now, pray in the Spirit is not necessarily a Pentecostal charismatic directive there. He's not really necessarily in this moment encouraging us to pray in tongues. What he's encouraging us to do is understand that our prayers actually are interactive with God's spirit within us. So whenever we pray, we are not praying alone. He encourages us to pray at all times and on every occasion, which is quite a tall order. So that may mean, in fact, that prayer is not necessarily just something that happens with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. It's not something that just happens at the foot of our bed or at the beginning of a meal, but prayer is something that needs to become to us as natural, as fluent, and as normal as breath, an ongoing conversation with God. My uh, kids all went through a stage where they never stopped talking. Whatever was on their mind just immediately came out of their mouth. Uh, my six-year-old, that's that's the stage of life that he's in right now. And usually whenever my kids are alone and not around the other three kids, they they will do that again. They'll just they'll just talk. That is kind of the idea that's here behind pray without ceasing or or pray at all times on 
and on every conversation and on every occasion is that it's something that is simply an ongoing conversation with God that simply is a part of who we are and how we live and how we breathe. And Paul says, stay alert, be persistent in your prayers and do that for all believers everywhere. Your prayer list should not just be a list of things that you need. Your prayer list should actually be much broader than that. It should be inclusive of all believers everywhere and things that are outside of just simply what you need. And so essentially what happens here is that Paul is saying that the believer's entire life really becomes one large prayer to God. So maybe the prayer is, Lord, make my life a prayer to you. Is your entire life one large prayer to God? If not, I think that that's something that we can certainly be working towards. Verse 19, here is where Paul now transitions and requests prayer for himself. Like we said at the beginning of the letter, he said he was praying for them. But now he's going to specifically request that they pray for him. So and pray for me too, verse 19, Paul says. And then he gives them specifics as to what he'd like them to pray for. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. doesn't mean that, that it's a mystery that can't be known. What, what Paul is saying there is that uh, he wants to boldly be able to explain God's surprising plan, God's astounding plan, God's amazing plan, God's um, for God's plan for a long period of time was not known, was not fully seen or understood that this is good news, not just for the Jews, but this is good news for every single person. And Paul has for the right words. A prayer for the right words. What a what a powerful thing in today's world, a prayer for the right words. I'm, I'm reflecting on uh, all the words that I've used over the last few days and, and weeks and conversations one-on-one and in direct messages over texts um, publicly on on Facebook and in sermons on Bible studies and I'm I'm wondering if if I had the right words I'm wondering if I prayed to God for the right words now how amazing it would be for other people to know that other people were praying for me that I would have the right words and then boldly speak those words the problem is, is that many times we boldly speak without the right words or without God's words. Oh, to God, that we would only boldly speak whenever we are speaking God's words. And that is what Paul requests prayer about. Most of our society has heard far too much talk, especially from Christians, but not seen the life of Christ actually lived out. Paul was not just somebody who spoke boldly. Paul was not just somebody who shot out missives on Facebook and and Twitter and TikTok. I know he didn't have those, but he had letters. He wasn't just someone who essentially boldly spoke words far too often. Paul backed those words up by living out the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, his right to speak boldly came from the fact that he had first lived out those bold words. I think that perhaps in the court of 
public opinion, in culture, in our current society, that Christians may well have a different view from the world than they currently do, if only the world thought of us less as simply talking too much about things which we don't know and actually living out our faith. Actions speak louder than words, as the saying goes. If only Christians were known more for their actions of compassion and kindness and love and generosity than flying off the handle with hateful words, with errant words, with incoherent speech, with conversations that are not kind, that are not compassionate, that are not loving, that are not inclusive. Paul's kind of encouraging us here to take measure of our words, to take temperature. How are we doing? Do we find ourselves actually living out the life that Christ has called us to or just speaking boldly about it to others and not living about it, not living it out ourselves. Verse 20, I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Paul suffered consequences for speaking those bold words, for living out those actions. He was in chains in a prison as he writes this letter, but he chose to still preach this message as God's ambassador. And so he asked them to pray, not that he would be released from prison. Look at that. He doesn't ask for them to pray that his suffering would end. No, because for Paul's suffering to end, Paul would have had to have stopped living out the good news, boldly preaching the good news. So Paul essentially resigns himself to whatever comes to him if he's doing the right thing, if he's doing the God thing. So he prayed for them, not for release from prison, but that he would keep Boldly speaking for Christ, as I should, Paul says, pray in every way, on all occasions, and at all times. Let your life become a prayer. And then we'll close with this. This is, this is important. It is important that we understand the difference in the ideas of prayer and what it is and why it is, and how to utilize it. And here it is. Prayer is not getting man's will done in heaven. It's getting God's will done here on earth. Robert Law said that. Prayer. And we get this wrong. We get this wrong so often. I think prayer is getting stuff, getting things set straight in our way and in our view. No. Prayer is not getting man's will my will done in heaven. Prayer is getting God's will done on earth and prayer is getting God's will done in me. This Bible study from the book of Ephesians is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy to follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of family life, and especially the center of faith formation again. Our mission, it's simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. 
Find out more about us by going to www.christtable.today. When you get over to christtable.today, be sure to sign up for our email list there. And for those who choose to donate, I have a resource box that I want to send you in the mail as my thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ's Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our step-by-step study through the book of Ephesians. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website as well at www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.